I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind. I'm delighted to be here. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm sitting in for Laura Bradburn, who has the audacity to take a couple of weeks off, Tony. I'm joined by Tony Haggerty, of course, and Jared Hill. And I'll tell you what, I'm sitting here with a wee flimsy kind of long sleeve t shirt on. Jared, you're in Australia. You're wearing a fleece. What's going on, mate? Be fresh over here. Snowing <laughs> about three hours up the road from where I am. So, yeah. About to hit winter over here, so it's getting a bit chilly. Oh dear. We will be getting, getting a proper catch up from uh, yourself and all things um, Australia in relation to the Sydney Cup as well, what you've been hearing and all that kind of stuff. We'll be talking to Tony about the week he's had, um, catching up with a Lisbon Lion, Tony Haggerty, as you do. 
uh, and everything else that's happening around Celtic, and in particular, some of these uh, names, some of some of the, uh, the names that we're getting were um, actually pitched last year. I'm looking at Itakura, uh, and we'll see if, if uh, these are the types of players that Ange will be going for this pre-season. Let's get it started, though. We did a competition yesterday, and I need to announce the winner of the Paulo Paulo Paulo. <laughs> I was thinking Lulu Paulo <laughs> Nutini. Tickets, hottest tickets in town. We managed to get our hands on two for tonight in Oban. And the winner is Abby McDermott. So Abby McDermott has two tickets to go and see Paolo, the long-awaited return of Paolo Nutini, Celtic fan, no less, Tony Haggerty. Well done to Abby, and uh, we'll make sure that you go get into the venue this evening. I'm going to start off with a player from the past, not Lisbon Lion, Arthur Boric. 42 years of age, Tony Haggerty. He has played his last game for Liga Warsaw. He's not yet announced that he's retired. But I found it quite interesting that um, someone was talking about a friendly or some kind of tribute match between Liga Warsaw and Celtic. That's not going to happen, is it? I mean, are they forgetting that we kind of fell out with the guys the last time round? And there were cyber attacks on the Celtic FC website and all this kind of stuff as a result of it. I think Arthur Boric should love it to happen. Whether it comes to fruition or not is uh, is anybody's guess. But yeah, well, the holy goalie, as he was uh, affectionately monikered when he during his time at Celtic. Lots of people say he's the best goalkeeper at Celtic since Ronnie Simpson. Him and Fraser Foster, you know, share that accolade. Lots of people loved Arthur Boric. He, I think he was eccentric, wasn't he? Mm. But he bought into the club, didn't he? And it got under his skin. And uh, yeah, I actually think Arthur Boric will probably now, if he does hang up his boots, he'll become a professional Celtic supporter. He'll turn up at Celtic games and he'll go in with the Green Brigade and because he, he loves all that kind of stuff, doesn't he? Uh, so, but a talented, talented goalkeeper. Uh, everybody remembers he's saved from Luis Raha. Penalty against Manchester United. Saves in against Spartak Moscow. Mm. You know, and the penalty that he scored against Dundee United in the shootout, and he put it in the top bin. It was a brilliant penalty. Great celebration as well. And he, and he loved that moment himself because he like he's never ever going to score for Celtic. Wasn't he? Unless he came charging forward for a corner. But the fact that he scored in the shootout and he went absolutely wildy. Again, we say this a lot about players. If you come in and you embrace the culture, you embrace the club, and it does get under your skin. You know, you, you end up acting like Arthur Boric. It just becomes all-consuming. And he got it. And the fans love the fact that he got it. And still love the fact that he's still getting it. And he turns up and various kind of guys. He's when Celtic play abroad. He, he just loves the club. And I think everybody thought he was a talented, talented goalkeeper. Mm. The, the big thing for me is, 42, I mean, that's not a bad career for no. someone who apparently wasn't living the life of a professional footballer when he was at his peak. <laughs> uh, what is it, Jared, about these players, these ex-players who we take to our heart even though they might not be the consummate professionals? He's something of a cult player as Arthur Boric, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. For me... I like my goalkeepers mad, just in general, right? The madder the goalkeeper, the better for me. And he's like right up there, one of the most crazy goalkeepers I've ever seen. And I just love the guy with what he did. Like Tony's spoken about all the stuff on the pitch that he's done. For me, the pictures of him as a young guy when I was younger supporting with the megaphone and getting in there and coming up to watch games, 
that's what it's about. Like as you have said, it gets under your skin and you just you, you live and breathe it. And the fact that yeah, he, when he was playing at Bournemouth, he come up to watch a game. Like yeah, it says he got in trouble, dropped, lost his spot in their squad, but because he didn't get permission from his club to be up there, but he was up in the crowd with our guys. Good on him. Like that's what makes you that cold hero. You, you, you get amongst it. Like, that's what Kieran Tierney, he's always going to be a, a cult hero for me as well for the fact because he got it as well, even though he was a local guy. But it's the same sort of thing. The way they integrated with the squad and and then with the fans and then get involved in club things off the pitch as well. Like, those are the sort of guys that you just you just love and you, you, you keep an eye on even if they move on. Oh, definitely. You know, it brings back a wee story. I'm going to ask Tony to tell us a story about someone he spoke to, but... Before I do that, Tony, um, a while back for A Celtic State of Mind, when we were um, an audio-only podcast, I spoke to Bernie Slavin. I always loved Bernie Slavin as a striker. Um, One of those guys, Tony, along with various others who I I wanted to see play for Celtic. You know, Kevin Gallagher, I always wanted him to sign for Celtic. I don't mind saying it. I always wanted Pat Nevin to sign as well. Um, And Bernie Slavin, there was a few occasions where he almost did. But he told me about games that he played at Capolo for Morton where he wasn't selected. So he's in the, the first-team squad, but he wasn't selected in the first 11 or even on the bench. So instead of sitting up in the stand, he got his Celtic scarf out his kit bag, walked around the back of the goals and jumped to the wee wall and watched the game, uh, which I found astonishing. So, you know, Morton versus Celtic, and there's a Morton player in the Celtic crowd. But um, I... I Definitely a bigger name in Celtic's history is the one and only Luggy, John Clark, who you had the pleasure of speaking to this week. Tony, fill us in. How did it go? You know, I've said before, and I'll say it again, there are times and moments in life when you feel blessed doing what you do for a living. And uh, I actually arranged it through JP Mason, who's very friendly with Marie Clark. And we, I was asked, charged with the task of doing something for the Celtic way for to celebrate 55 years of the uh, Lisbon Lions achievement. So I asked JP if he could help facilitate an interview with John Clark, only because John Clark very rarely speaks. Thinking nothing of it, got back to me in the, the evening and said, John Clark's going to do this. He'll speak to you at half time during the Inverness uh, playoff game mm-hmm. with St Johnston. So I, I phoned him at half time and he never answered. Left a message, he never got back to me. The game finishes, what, to 10, 10 o'clock, and the phone goes. And because he'd sent me the number, I just stored that it's John Clark Lisbon Line. And there's the phone flashing up, John Clark Lisbon Line. And I'm just like, oh, wow, that's happening. I'm going to speak to him. And I spoke to him for about half an hour. And honestly, it just it's one of those phone calls you don't want to end. You're speaking to an absolute legend mm. and class, humility, dignity. He's all of these things. He's just it's just so understated about the achievement. And I, I asked him various things. You know, everybody knows the stories, but just hearing him tell you, it was just it was just a wonderful half an hour of my life, you know. And I, so I, I said to him, Oh, you know, you must be really proud that we were a good team, son. We were just getting about it in Lisbon, you know, and it worked out well. I just said, wow. You know, and then he said to me, uh, I said, so what, what's your fondest memories? He said, well, 
He said, let me tell you this. He said, see the picture of Big Billy holding the, the trophy? Mm. He said, that for me is arguably the best sporting picture of all time. He said, how many captains do you see standing themselves in a raised podium? It's like, like a Roman god holding the trophy. Season Celtic are the first to actually win that trophy because Real Madrid kept the old style trophy. Yeah, yeah. She's such an iconic image, and it is. It's an image for our time. It's it's a wonderful image. And I thought, you know what? And it kind of resonated with myself and my own thoughts. There is no other picture of a captain celebrating a, a trophy win without his teammates being beside them. And there's just something wonderful about that picture. And that was his pal, Big Billy, was his mate. Mm-hmm. And he was so chuffed, and he was just like, "Yeah, he says it's." He says every time I see it, he says it just makes me smile and my heart bursts with joy. And he said, and then my other finest memory, he says, is coming back to Celtic Park. He said, and Jock said, "Go down, go down the tunnel and go into the lorry." <laughs> like, players are like, "Sorry," and there's an accordion band and all the players going round Celtic Park on a coal lorry. Mm-hmm. And he loved this because he was proud of his working class roots. You no, know, grew up in real hardship, but there was a determination to succeed. You know, a drive within him, and he and he said that that he said how many European Cup winning teams have paraded the trophy of all trophies on a coal lorry, and I just thought, wow! And so the two of us laughed, and then he he was. We just sort of spoke about Bertie singing in the tunnel and Jock spat with her, Herrera. Yes. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then, matter of factly, you know, kind of coming to the end, and I'm, I don't want to hang up the phone. I don't want to hit the the, the red button because I'm just like I'm loving it. And, and he says to me, "No, we, we were just working class boys that won the big prize." And you're just thinking, you know what? If ever there's a line to end the phone call on. I think that that was it, and, and it was just a wonderful experience to speak to a guy who, fifty-five years on from that achievement, everybody shouts it from the rooftops, but not John Clark. You know, and I wrote in the piece, uh, John Clark, European Cup winner, Lisbon Lion legend. We probably just prefer it if you called him John. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's how down to earth he is. And I, I came off the call and I was just like, I had a moment to myself and I just sort of thought, you know what, sometimes you just, as I said, you, you feel blessed and you, it's, a, it's an honour and a privilege to speak to a guy like that and who reminisced about the greatest thing that's ever happened to him, but it was so low-key. And uh, you just think, yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful man. He is, he is. Remember the advert not that long, I think it was when we were with uh, New Balance and he did that advert like the behind the scenes setting up the kit gave it the big it was just incredible but um, I look at a player like John Clark and I look at the experience and the knowledge of a man like that and I just wish and I know it's very unlikely to happen I just wish he would write a book I I wish he would write his life story (laughs) there's a few characters out there um, whose books would be brilliant for the um, the Celtic canon of literature, and John Clark would certainly be one of them, Tony. But he's so humble that he doesn't think that anybody would be interested in reading it. That's 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 okay. the measure of the man. He, that, he really is. He's he's an he's an unbelievable guy. In that, that, you know what? There's things in life where you, you're glad you did something, 
it's up there because of that. Because he very rarely speaks. But everybody who's had the pleasure of being introduced to him says that he's a cracking fella. Mm. You know, I can't speak highly enough of him. You know, there's, there's two ways to look at it as well, Tony. I love the fact that Celtic have figures like John Clark still at the club. Yeah. I love the fact that if you go to Celtic Park, you might see someone like Danny McGrain, who until recently was still on the coaching staff at Celtic. And it's really important to have that identity, Jared. But at the same time, we've probably spent the last two years talking about stripping a lot of these, and I don't mean Danny and John, stripping a lot of these Celtic faces away and replacing them with guys that Ange wants in behind the scenes. I mean, you've got to get a balance, don't you, Jared? You've got to get guys who know the club um, who can assist the manager with the, the playing staff that he's inheriting, but also they need to be able to work with the gaffer. Yeah, absolutely. It's an old saying. You've got to have a few guys there who know the city, mm. but at the same time, you know, know the city, know the club, have the, know what the culture's all about. So that, because, okay, we went we did nine in a row. Clearly things weren't going that well in the, la- the year after that. So that's why we had to strip it back. But obviously there's some good things going on mm. to get in a row so it would be stupid as a club to completely just like you know burn it to the ground and start again so it's that balancing act where okay Ange comes in he gets his gets his translator comes with him from Yokohama but then he keeps all the other support staff here and you have guys like Gavin Strachan and John Kennedy they they don't get the credit this season that they deserve but last year they'll cop and pelters so it's like you need that institutional knowledge but at the same time yeah it's a balancing act, but yeah, it's great to have those Lisbon Lions and club legends still floating around the club in the academy, in um, support liaison roles or whatever they are, coming to the um, you know the corporate sort of stuff. It's good to see. Oh, it definitely is. Sorry, Tony. Well, there's only one man spent more time at Celtic than John Clark. It's Jimmy McGrory. No, is it, sorry, not Jimmy McGrory. Willie Mealy. Willie Mealy. Yeah. Willie Mealy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm Jimmy McGrory. Where'd that come from? Willie Mealy, I think it is, isn't it? Mm. John Clark said he's been involved with Celtic since 1958. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. So give or take uh, some managerial spells and time away. That's, I mean, that's an incredible that's one. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Uh, you incredible. know, only really, really surpasses him. That, that's the thing and I know he's so humble that he wouldn't thank you for saying we want to read your book we want a statue you. <laughs> he, he wouldn't thank you for all that kind of stuff you know and there was there's tiny wee spells away he goes to Cowdenbeath he's a manager at Cowdenbeath for a wee while um, and he was up at Aberdeen with Billy McNeil uh, for a spell as well obviously came back down the road with Billy and I look at a figure like John Clark and you think you've got to be able to um, you know mark that incredible um, service to the club and, you know, people talk about testimonials. Just last season, we were talking about testimonials for, you know, potentially Tommy Rogic, potentially near Beaton. And then you've got a guy like John Clark who's been at the club for how many decades, you know, six, five, six decades. And you think, well, yeah, maybe, you know, the testimonials weren't 
um, is forthcoming to the Lions. I mean, that's something, again, that should have been looked at back in the day. Guys like Bobby Murdoch never ever got a testimonial. Jimmy Johnson and Bobby Lennox shared one, you know. Um, and it was at that time that they guys probably needed the no, probably about it, they needed the money more than these modern-day footballers, Tony. And I just think, you know, you could pack out Celtic Park for a game like that for uh, for John Clark, you know. Um, but another thing I was going to say, obviously, it brings right back into focus the celebrations of this week, and we should celebrate it every year, like I was saying the other day. Um, but the opponents that day, Jad, were Inter Milan, and there has been rumours that Inter Milan may be coming to the Sydney Cup. What, what's the what's the goss over there? What's the updates over there? So the original talk was they were looking at AC Milan and they were also looking at Inter, but mainly AC Milan was the ones that they first reached out to. Now, that's pretty much gone real quiet on the AC Milan front, but Inter is the main one we're hearing over here, but there's also some talk of potentially making it a Lisbon affair, whether it's Inter or whether it's Sporting Lisbon coming out and turning the place green and white. So either you can have a Lisbon Lions sort of, you know, tributes act sort of thing if it's us versus Inter, or you're going to have all green and white playing each other. So either of those I'd be I'd be wrapped with, but I love some of the comments you're seeing as well, like invite Frankfurt, I'd take that as well. <laughs> Superb. Thanks everybody for getting in touch. Uh, Dave Trance is coming in on the YouTube channel. Absolutely love this channel. Got me through some tough times. Love hearing that, uh, Dave, because we got a lovely gift this week from the Ardoin boys as well. Just a wee reminder, Tony, and, and sometimes uh, a place that can be quite negative on social media, etc., that the good guys always uh, come through for you, don't they? Oh, very much. So I, we've had everybody gets a DM now and again that kind of blows them away how. It's personally affected someone listening to Axel when it's got them through. As Dave says, there are some tough times. And, you know, that for every negative comment, it's not one that's just so spiritually uplifting. Just fills your heart with joy that you, you do make a difference. Mm. You know, somehow that this channel is, is making a difference to lots and lots of people. And, you know, that that's the most humbling thing you can, you know, someone somebody can send you a message like that, you know, and, you take your lead from guys like John Clark and these things. You just say thank you, and you know it's uh, yeah, it is humbling to hear that. And uh, yeah, you just sort of keep your feet in the ground all, always, and say, as I said, say thank you, and hopefully they keep watching and keep enjoying. Yeah, over the last um, wee while, we've been going out every single day live at twelve thirty. This is the bullet, and this is a live stream, but we also fully produce. Uh, video features which are up on the, the YouTube channel get yourself over there to subscribe free charge you could end up winning things like Paolo teeny tickets um, like our very lucky prize winner Abby did just uh, 15 minutes ago uh, whenever we get things that we think you might enjoy we'll throw them out as prizes simple as that Darwin Colchie who is a regular contributor is back on today good day everyone gardening takes a break priority is here see Jared the, the sun is shining people are out in their gardens and you're sitting there with a the fleece on I feel sorry for you mate um, it's funny though because over the summer I was out in the garden mowing my lawn or whatever listening to catching catching up on Axon pods from the audio file so there you go it's a circle of life Paul it definitely is it definitely is and by the way anyone who's wondering about the uh, the visual YouTube videos of the Axon Bulletin over the last uh, I think two or three months uh, there was a slight issue yesterday with the, the streaming server, which meant that the videos were lost to the YouTube channel, but they are still available on Facebook, Twitch, LinkedIn, Twitter, 
and on all the audio platforms where we started. Um, and again, today, you know, they will be available on YouTube again as of today. So apologies for that. Anyone who wanted to see the beautiful JP Mason and Kevin Graham in person, uh, you can watch it on the social media channels. Now, David, this is a decent enough question, and I'm sure it's going to be a question on all of our lips until it's confirmed. Um, have the two boys signed yet? Well, the big thing for me, and I spoke to Kevin Graham, I found this quite interesting. Once you start looking at... Um, is it a rebuild? How can you call it a rebuild after you've won the league? There's going to be a lot of transfer activity, Tony, in and out of Celtic Park this pre-season. And what I says to Kev was, right, we, I think, you know, to a man, we all want Cameron Carter, Vickers and Jota to stay. Of course we do. But that's there's going to be a huge um, outlay in terms of transfer fees, perhaps £13 million, pounds if, if um, the fees are what we're hearing. So there's two players. How many more do we need? I've heard anything up to five additional players. I reckon we probably need another four. Um, if you bring in another four, there's half a dozen. That's a huge outlay. You're talking 25 to 30 million quid. Will the board be willing to do it, Tony Haggerty? Well, I think the board recognise and, and the manager they have someone who they might trust his judgment. And for once, they might back him because he wants to succeed in the greatest club tournament on earth and he doesn't want to go in ill-prepared. So I think Celtic are quite willing to back the manager who's got them into the Champions League group stages proper and the promise of the £40 million bounty at Al and hopefully making a fist of it and making more money and be competitive in that arena. So it's a win-win for the board right now. So why wouldn't they back this manager? In, in any kind of football club you want to be successful, you're going to have to spend money. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's not Celtic's de rigueur, as they would say, but, you know, the, you just feel that with Ange and Jared told us, I told you so, early doors, that they feel they're on the cusp of something special with this manager. So you would give them all the backing that you can, give them the tools necessary to do the job, and let him take you where he sees Celtic. Let him fulfil every supporter's ambition and the board's ambition and trust in his judgment on players and the spend. You know, and that's not to say they'll be reckless and it will cost a lot of money, but I'm sure Ange knows also where he can get value for money. Mm. Yeah. The Jota and Carter Vicker deals they everybody's known the price for them from day one, you know, so that that's not a surprise. And we all said they would have to spend £13 million stand still. Mm-hmm. Surely that's been factored in to everything that's came since. And what pleases me about the Jota and Carter Vickers deals is, yeah, they might not be over the line yet, but everything emanating from the club and everything that you hear is positive. I've not heard that horrible S-word engine of G snag you know how many times have Celtic been on the verge of completing a deal only for it to hit a snag only for other clubs to start getting linked yeah there's an odd link here or there but it used to be every day it was Celtic were reputedly going to clinch a signing he was interested in this club and that club you know the couple of rumours with uh, Carter Vickers with, I think it was Everton and Fulham yeah. wasn't it mm-hmm. and but it's, that's quickly died down because the positivity has overshadowed that. So I think Celtic and the manager and the board 
are going about their right, their business in the right and proper fashion. And when there's something to say and deals over the line, they will announce them. Not before, not after. And but all the all the kind of noises that are emanating from Celtic Park at the minute are positive and that's great for the fans to hear as well. You know, we, we will sign players, the manager, you know, as we've spoken about before, you know the way he signs players. He doesn't just sign good players, he signs good people and he envisages them in the team. Yeah. Yeah, so there will be a plethora of names, the ones along the bottom of the strap, whether or not those come to fruition they actually come to the club. The manager will have the last say on that. You speculate all you want, but the manager will be saying, is he better than what we we have? That's important. That's crucial. We need to bring in players that are better than what we have in certain key areas. Probably talk about that. And can he fit into an Ange team? That's the way the manager works. I, uh, I see, yeah, trust the manager and back him to the help. And if it costs, it costs. But let's be honest, <laughs> you can't be a successful to football team without speculating to accumulate now and again. I mean, they did it with Martin O'Neill for a while, his first season. Did it to a degree with Brendan Rodgers. So, Angie's, you know, hugely ambitious. Stage one of the rebuild complete in terms of getting you to the Champions League group stages. Mm-hmm. Now let's enjoy the fruits of our labour for doing that by making us a competitive team and backing the manager to try and take you to the next stage. Absolutely, yeah. To you know, ensure that you remain the dominant force in Scotland, Jared, but also have a look at Europe. And I guess what I'm asking is, well, last season there was a huge outlay. £24 million, I think, we spent over the piece, but we brought in 34 So, you know, we made £10 million quid on the bottom line and we had big players to sell. We knew we were going to lose a few, right? And we ended up losing three. But we got decent money for them this Pre-season, there's going to be no decent money coming in for the likes of Ajete or Barkas or Soro or Bollingoli or anyone else who's going to leave. None of them are going to leave for decent money. So what we're saying is, in order for us to strengthen where we as fans think we need to strengthen, and if these players linked are genuine, the club also believes we need to strengthen in key areas like you know, centre-forward, centre-half, left-back, there might be some other uh, suggestions thrown into the mix, then we are going to have to sign three or four players over and above the two low knees that we're trying to make permanent. Do we have that in us, Jared, as a club to go out all out there and buy the five players and really uh, go for this next season? Because it is going to have a huge um, outlay. Or will they look at some of these names at the bottom of the screen and say, well, you know what, we use the loan deal market pretty well this season you know all three of the loanees that came in were successful we want to keep all three of them and do you think maybe we'll be using that again I think it's a combination because yeah I'm thinking including the two that we're trying to keep in Jodder and Carter Vickers I think we need a total of six all up so four more after that but as you guys are saying like you said it there, Paul, we made an extra $10 million last season. And, Tony, you said we, the board would have factored in the prices for Carter Vickers and Jota, which is the $13 million. Now that Bournemouth's gone up, there's a couple extra million quid coming our way from Bournemouth. There's the money for those two players in the extra 10 last season plus the additional coming from Bournemouth. They're paid for. Let's not worry about that. So now we go into this season going, there's $40 million coming in from Champions League. If we've got to spend 20 more of that money because we've already spent that money from last season, 
I think the board could do that. Like Michael Nicholson hasn't showed that he's afraid to back the manager. And Ange's people are saying in the comments that you know Ange is good with picking his picking his players and is not going to waste the money. Well, he's come from a salary cap league pretty much his whole career over here, where every cent counts. So it's I'd trust him to go out and get the players he wants. And if if we need the two that are there, we need another a centre back. I really want us to go and get Kawhi Takura. I think he's available for about four and a half million. He's a left six foot three, six foot four, left footed centre back. That's what we need. Yeah. So then we don't have to play staff out out of position. That and left back, someone to challenge Taylor. They're the two priorities for me after we bring in Jota and, and Carter Vickers. We can get someone as a Juranovic type who's good in who's European quality left back. Then if anything after that is just gravy, whether we need if you know, if what's his name? A Yeti moves on, we'll get cents on the dollar back for him, let's be realistic. But if we need a young a young defender, not a young defender, a young striker, because you've got Jackie Marcus and um Kogo are both what, twenty six, twenty seven? And then there's a massive drop off. So if we need yeah. Someone 22, 23 to come in as a striker. That's probably the next position there for me. Mm, that's a good point. Listen, I to- think, well, I still think we need physicality in the midfield. Yep. I, I think that's an area as well. Yeah, you, you either want a, a Scott Brown type or if you're going to go for big there, a, a, a Vajama type for the middle of the pack just for some to impose your presence there. I still think we're lacking in that height a wee bit as well. On that one, Tony Itakura is the defensive midfielder and the yeah. centre back, so he can cover both positions in the well, same way. Well, that's fair enough, you know. Yeah, uh, I know Ange likes kind of players to play in their position, doesn't he? He doesn't usually, well, sometimes does it, but yeah, I suppose Itakura could play that. But I, I agree. I think out of them all, Itakura is the one that I agree with Jared. I think he fits the bill and is a player that we need. But again, I think the manager's well aware. Of these things, isn't he? He doesn't need to worry about us. We're yeah, just, exactly. just you know, correct him, uh, So, but I think he's got a list. As I said before, he'll have a, an extensive and an exhaustive list, mm-hmm. even allowing for the fact that if Carter Vickers and Jota don't sign, I think that would be a, a bit of a blow and set Celtic back a few weeks in their preparation. But I'm sure he'll be again. He'll be prepared for every eventuality, won't he? So I'm sure he will be, Tony. Yeah, which I'm is sure why these plethora of names are getting flung around, you know, and that just it, it happens every season. But I agree with Jared in, in terms of if you get caught. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. 
the best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Jota and Cameron Carter Vickers, I still think we, we need about another four players. And I would say a left back, centre back, central midfielder, centre forward. That's, yep. and I think that would cover you, wouldn't it? You'd be, you would be happy with that. You'd be in an an incredible position then, Tony, and I think it would be difficult then to say that um, you know we're we're dissatisfied with the the transfer business. But the big question is, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just uh, yeah. We're 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 trying to be positive here, and Kevin Graham comes in and pulls the rug from under our feet. We won't do it, says Kev. I've seen this all before. You get a new pair of trainers, and the cat has already done the toilet in them before you wear them. But there is a feeling that... Didn't know you had a cat. There is a feeling that there's something different this time. I do get that feeling, Tony. About this regime and about this manager and about the way the club want to conduct their business and about where they want to go as a football club. You know, the prestige with Celtic has always been in Europe, being a European name, a big name. We spoke about the achievement 55 years ago earlier on. Mm. That's where Celtic want to be. There is no reason why Celtic cannot be the dominant force domestically and be a force in Europe. I just can't... I, I can't allow myself to think that that won't happen. And I think this manager has come along at the right time, lifted the club up, and now his ambition needs to be served as well. Jared will tell you that himself. Yeah. I, I just think that there's a need now within Ange to take Celtic to where he wants to go. And that's to be a noise in the European stage. You know the the difference I feel, Tony. Right? If I look at um, some of the the successful managers in my lifetime, let's say Martin O'Neill and Brendan Rodgers before Ange, and there was a time for both of those managers where they wanted to go to the next level. And mm-hmm. you remember, we I think it was a game against Shakhtar Donetsk, but we went away. We got beat three nothing, and it was quite clear that this team that O'Neill had built needed a. a you know, a, a, a facelift, as it were. Um, it needed rebuilt a, a, again, and there was going to be a massive amount of money thrown at that. And I think that there was a moment there where the club decided we're not going to go in uh, at that level again in terms of the investment, because what has it given us? It's given us a UEFA Cup final and, and domestic success. There was another moment, I think, in Brendan Rodgers' tenure at Celtic where he has started pushing the envelope in terms of what was maybe agreed when he took the job, Tony, in terms of like you know your budget for a player and the spend and the wages, and he starts looking at guys, um, Castagne, for example, who yeah. you know were going to actually push the envelope. We know there were other issues. There were other issues with John McGinn, etc. There's that John McGinn Claxon, but he wanted to push the envelope and take it to the next level of spend. The one thing that I think is different here is I don't think that's Angie's game. Nope. I think he has proven in the transfer market that he is able to get gems, sometimes for under two million quid. But even when you're looking at likes of Starfield and Kyogo, four to four and a half, that's value for money. 
in this day and age and in the market. And I think that's one of the biggest differences between uh, what Kev Graham says, we've seen it all before we have, right? We've seen it under Brennan, we've seen it under Martin O'Neill. Did the club match their ambitions? Probably not. But I think we can do it this time round, Jared, because um, Andrew's so shrewd in the transfer market. And I think that he will have, uh, you've mentioned it before, even from his international days, you know, he will have uh, records of players who are available and who will fit his system. And I think it's going to be different this time round. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we had to get value for money. And as you're saying, like, four to five million pounds, that's a quality player for us. Like, before Kyogo this season just gone and staff out, the last two players we spent in that range on were big flops, which was a Yeti and Barkas. Mm. But if we're going to spend that level of money, we've got to, it's got to be a hit every time. We can't afford to make a bad move there. The issue for me in the past was all those two million, two and a half million sort of signings that we're getting. The guys like Stefan Skepkovic and um, that, sort, that sort of level of guys. And um, was it the other one? The Baldi got Amido Baldi, those yeah. sort of strikers. They're the ones that we don't need. They're the ones you cut out. Like, that's the bigger issue for me. You're spending two million here plus wages. That all adds up. And then you're left with four or five players you can't get off your books. Trust Ange to go out. And if he's going to spend that four and a half million, back him to hit, get a hit. Like, hit a Kura for four and a half million. Bang. That one will hit the ground running because, and it'll give us a Japanese spine through the team. If he goes out and gets Libby Kasasi, who I said last time, the New Zealand left back, he's about four, four and a half million pound, apparently, out of his club in Belgium. Mm. Bang, he'd do the job for you. If you went and then if you wanted to spend a little bit less, come to Melbourne Victory, take um, Nick D'Agostino as your young striker I was talking about earlier. He's a gun, he's fit, and he's a good press, and he scored 10 goals this season, was in the team of the year. Bang, that ticks a box, and he's not spending a lot of money. That's maybe 12 million, and you fill three spots. Done. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think you have to trust the manager's judgment implicitly here. Man's got a, an extensive knowledge of world football, not just Scottish football, British football, or European football. You're talking world football. Mm. He is across everything. I don't think, as I say, I don't think for a minute that Ange doesn't know the players he wants to bring in right now and the money that he's going to spend. And he's not, he said before in his interviews, not talking about being reckless. He's just clinical. And he knows fine well that, as Jared's alluded to there, if he's spending four million quid, he's bringing in a good player. Right? Or somebody that can hit the ground running, that's comfortable in the system. He pictures them in the team, he pictures the role in the team. So anybody coming in is going to be a quality player, will enhance your team. And you know my thoughts, you bring in good players, you end up with a good team. We've got a good manager. So I trust this manager to come in to bring in good players over the summer, right? Trust him. And I think the board need to trust him because he isn't going to be reckless. He is going to give you get you value for money. Yeah. Because he knows football inside out and he knows players inside out. He said himself, when his wife when he, his wife goes shopping, she knows what to get. Right? That's him in the transfer market. That's him when he brings in footballers. Mm-hmm. He told me, I know what I'm looking for. So now he's won the title and he's thinking, how can we get better? Where can we improve? Here, here, here and here. Now we're just throwing out our opinion about left-backs, centre-backs, centre-mids and, and strikers from from the eye test and what we can see. This man knows more about football than we'll ever know. He forgot more about football than we'll ever know. So I, I just... There is a, a moment in time where you just feel comfortable. I think every... 
Celtic supporter feels comfortable with Ange leading this recruitment drive to take you into the Champions League. And I don't care about the names that are in those pots. I genuinely don't care. Because by the time it rolls around, I think Celtic will be a, a competitive animal and will give these teams a game. Whoever we draw, I, I, I genuinely don't care. Because I trust the manager and I trust that we'll hit the ground running again. You know, this this was a team that had no right to win the title last season. We were told when they won the title, they had told us we would. You know, so, uh, but, you know, it was a, it was a rebuilding second season it would be with Ange. Mm. No, Ange got to a point and thought, I can win this in my first season. This is how I'm going to go about it. Time posted it all the way through. Wait till January, wait till I get my players. After September, you call it early. You don't you? We need to go perfect from now on in. Oh, more or less did. Never lost a game after that, after losing three and seven. You know, so he was telling you, this is where what I'm doing. This is how I'm going to go about it. I'm preparing my team to peak at the end of the season. You know, so I, I what more can you do in terms of you know signposting and saying so now he's saying and he's got the players saying we don't want to just play in the Champions League, we want to win matches. So in order to win matches in the Champions League, you're going to have to improve that team. And he's going to improve that team. I, I totally agree with you. And the, one of the names that I, I like the look of is Ko Itakura. Jared's spoken highly of him today as well. Yeah, he was linked last year. It's interesting looking back at some of the old uh, the, the broadcast, Tony, because there was um, a couple of years back a broadcast we did and the names across the bottom, we were talking about the strikers. It was Albiana Jetty or Ivan Tony or Stephen Fletcher. And that was the discussion point. I didn't have the heart to actually watch and see what everybody on the podcast said that day. But I think we were kind of shouting for Tony and it didn't happen. That's no way we uh, hindsight, by the way. Um, but that is a name that I think it's come back again for a reason. We have the Manchester City link. Of course we do. Um, that's been strengthened with uh, the arrival of, of Mark Lowell and his, his connection to the City group. I don't have an issue with that. You know, a lot of people talk about this connection to the city group. I've got an issue with um, preferred agents and, and super agents and how they can, uh, you know, influence the decision makers um, when it comes to recruitment at football clubs and players being signed who aren't actually a right fit for a club. And I think we've fallen foul to that all too many times. There's, there's players who have come to Celtic in the last 10 years who should never have been at Celtic. And I think and I hope that we're kind of away from that way of thinking. I think Ange Postecoglou is a strong enough uh, manager to ensure that that doesn't happen. We're talking sophomore um, season. Michael Keyes getting Ange in was great. A great get-out-of-jail card for the board, says Michael. If the club don't back him now, it would be criminal. And I guess that's the conversation we're having. Let's go to Jared, though, because when you came on and others who knew about Ange, who knew a lot more about Ange than we did, when he arrived, told us about the second season syndrome, the sophomore more campaign, when Angie's, you know, um, style and philosophy really kicked in. As Tony says, I mean, we've we've won the league. What are we going to expect from season two? Are we going to see the squad that we have assembled already stepping up a gear and then be complemented and supplemented by the new arrivals. Are we going to see a different beast, a, a stronger and faster, more high-tempo Celtic next season? I don't want to oversell it, but it's um, <laughs> what he's done most places is 
at the end of the first season, gets rid of the dead wood. So that's stage one of this off season. So he's got to get guys like a Yeti, Ball and Golly, those guys out of the club. Pray up the wage bill, get whatever money you can in for them, just get them out of the way, right? Then he'll strengthen. And when he brings players in, he doesn't want to bring them in, as we've discussed earlier, he doesn't want to bring them in just to be squad players. You could probably do that at one position, as I was saying earlier, a striker, because we've got enough starting quality there. We've got two quality starters, so you could get someone for if one of them moves on in a year, year or two's time. But he's not really going to be looking at squad players. He's going to be looking at guys who can come in, challenge with the first team, and strengthen it. And in turn, what that'll do is strengthen our bench, which was the issue this time last year, which in turn means who's getting left out of the squad. That's going to be – we've got that squad depth where there's two players every position. Yeah. Then, and these guys are used to playing at that tempo, the training. They've got used to the physicality of it, so they shouldn't be get as many injuries. And you can get a full preseason into a whole squad. If we've got Jodder and Carter Vickers there from day one to do a full preseason with the team and with all these guys – Got to go to a next level. Incremental gains every day. If you're if you're training at this level, and you improve, you know, one percent, two percent a week over the course of an off season, you're going to be ten percent better than you were at the end of last season. So, I at least expect to see that. Yeah, and I also think that the the galvanisation effects is success, Tony. These guys are winners now. You know, some of them have never been winners in senior football. And the manager expects to see that. Mm. No, he's going to bring in more winners, isn't he? So you just enhance, you see, and supplement what's already there. And if we do have players that, you know, I'm expecting big things from Matt O'Reilly next season, with players like that, Jack Amakis, you know, Kyogo. Yeah, they were, they were a part of a successful championship winning team and played a pivotal part in it. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. And you, you can improve them. Garrison and marginal gains, you know, and then you bring in players who not only want to challenge them but take their position. So, you know, my thoughts on that. You bring in good players, you end up a good team. I mean, it's, it's nice to reason. And Ange knows that. Ange knows now he's a, he has a, a squad that's approaching quality and he's going to add to that and make it better. So, why why wouldn't he be targeting making a noise in the Champions League and, and going far in Europe and, you know, becoming the dominant force domestically again. I mean, it, it stands to reason. It happened probably quicker than he anticipated. But, you know, it, it was always his end, end game in general to turn Celtic into a force both domestically and in Europe. And as, as, as Jared says, so that that's the way it goes about his business. And uh, you have to admire that. You have to, you know, going back to the, the comment, why would you not back your manager? in these things because I, I get back to as well Matt O'Reilly that said after the Tanadice game when they won the title and someone asked him you're in the Champions League and it may as well have been Ange talking he said yeah I'm not satisfied with that I don't want to play there I want to win games yeah. that's the manager talking yes, that's the manager telling you're in this Europeans you're in amongst the big boys we're not going to, to make up the numbers we're not going to, to be cannon fodder we're going in and representing Glasgow Celtic and then have a look at that trophy. That's how good it can get. You know, not that that's how good this team was. That's what you're you know, not what you're up against, but that's what you're trying to replicate. That's that's the standard. You know, it's even easier way, Tony. You don't even that? have to look it's even easier way. You don't even have to look at the trophy. 
you're a player wearing a Celtic shirt, you just have to look down right here and see the gold star. Well, Simon, that's, that's pretty much what it's about. It's your motivation, Jared, but that's what I'm saying. You look at that and he all, he's referenced that a few times as well himself. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The European Cup, that's the gold standard that this club carries in, in the European arena. So go and play to that gold standard because I'm going to I'm going to arm you with the tools to play to the best of your ability and to try and get results on that stage again. And because that, that's what he wants as a manager, he's desperately craves success in the European arena, and he will not stop till he gets it. But that, that's where the frustration came when the chairman of the club sitting there at an AGM, Tony, saying that we can't compete. You know, and he wasn't doing what we've just explained. He wasn't looking at the the heritage of this club as a, a proper European force, albeit in the sixties and the seventies. But that is the the gold standard, like you say. And he wasn't getting it. That was the frustration, wasn't it? But he was telling you you'd have to spend multi millions to yeah. compete. It's not true. And you'll show you that you don't have to spend more because he's not that kind of manager. There's so many teams as well that are showing us that it can be done. Like, look at what Frodo Glimp's doing on their budget. Look at what yeah. teams in, like, in your Hollands and your, your lower level Hollands, your Belgian teams. You look at your guys over in, like, Salzburg, those sort of clubs in those, that Austria and Switzerland. Those guys have a lesser budget than us, and look at what they're doing in Europe. So what's their excuse? Yeah, There isn't one. It's time to get serious about Europe. We get serious about Europe in turn. The league will take care of itself because we'll have a better quality squad to have a crack in Europe. And what happens? You do the business there. You've got players challenging for it for your squad spots. Next thing you know, you're going to be winning in the league. It's by Mm. default. Yeah, definitely. Those excuses don't wash anymore, Paul. They don't. You know, so, uh, and and I think Angie's well aware of it. Angie's well aware of the potential in Celtic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a platform that I think he can uh, meet the expectations he has of his own career, Tony. He, he wants to, to be a yeah. success in, on the European stage. And see, this is a thing I find interesting because I was looking back uh Strachan's laptop, which doesn't get many mentions these days. The club have back times, don't forget. They have, yeah, absolutely. But not in the same way that we have uh, previously. We've not thrown money at this. Um, you know, net spent minus 10 million quid the season after we won an invincible treble think back to that season the pre-season after that after we won a, an invincible treble what did we do to try and improve as a as a force in Europe so we go out if you remember back we bought Johnny Hayes 
who, yeah, outside of Celtic, was one of the best footballers in Scottish football at that time. Um, but we bought Johnny Hayes. We bought Olivier and Cham, who at that time, four and a half million quid for Man City. Quite untested, young player. Yeah, we know how much ability the guy had. But, you know, in terms of improving the squad for a, a European adventure, um, at that time, he was something of an unknown. We brought in Eduard on loan. I think he was 19 at the time, Tony. Untested at senior level, untested on European stage. We needed a centre-half, and the two that we brought in, uh, none of which worked out in the end, was Marvin Compey and Jack Hendry. So what I'm talking about is we're on the cusp here of then saying, right, let's move to the next level. And it has been proven in the past that the people at the helm of our club haven't pushed it. So no disrespect to those players I've just mentioned, but they weren't really the type of players who were going to take us to the next level, Tony. And I think that's why there is an element of concern, despite the belief we've got in Ange, that the club might not see it through. There's always concern, because it's a Celtic board, and basically that's the bottom line. But you have to be excited about this. Mm. And I've said before, see the Celtic board are Celtic supporters, the way you and I are, and they claim to be, then you would be excited for this manager. You would say to him, what do you need? Mm-hmm. All within reason, of course, but Angie's not going to demand exorbitant things because, he's, again, he's just not that way inclined. He gets all the parameters as well. But you have to say, right, we trust you here. You know, we, we trust what you're doing. We trust the process. Uh, so, yeah, let us, let us know how we can help. You have to help the manager. And the thing when he came in was he did say he needed players. He needed lots of players when he came in because he assessed that squad and thought, well, no good enough. Mm. And going back to something that uh, Jared said right at the start about players playing. We need Dane Murray, a 17-year-old, for a Champions League qualifier. Yeah. When Ange came in last season. Mm. How are you meant to make a fist of anything in Europe? when you're going, to, going in as ill-prepared as that. And that's no disrespect to the boy. No. Just, you know, that, that, that he was thrust in a, in a movie, you know, that was never going to have a happy ending. This time the movie's different. And the manager is saying, we're going to be as prepared as possible. And if you're prepared to stick with me, invest in me, get the buy-in. And he's got the buy-in. People have bought into him. So now we need to buy-in again and say, OK, and he's saying, right, I want to take you to there. I want to take you to... I'm not saying he's going to get to the knockout stages of the of the Champions League, but it'll not be through the lack of trying. See, Tony, that, that example you used today, Murray, I want to ask actually about a few players and, and where we see them uh, in the great scheme of things next season, but that is a good example because we were so ill-prepared and that wasn't on... It really wasn't on Andy's watch. Well, he's walked oh, into... yeah. Oh. But even later on in the season, prior to the, the January transfer window, you know, we're forced to bring on Joey Dawson because we don't have a fit striker. We've got to play against St Mirren away from home, a game that we couldn't break them down. It was scoreless. We Owen Moffat on the right and Mikey Johnson on the left. There were occasions during the entire season, pre-January, I would suggest, where it was quite obvious that we needed to strengthen again. We did it in January. And what we're saying now is we can't rest on the laurels here. We need to strengthen again. This preseason, I'm going to throw this one to Jared. Um, An- Angelo Tyro, I want Ange to get a win over Pep or Klopp. You know the the actual um, the thought of coming up against a Pep or a Klopp that must be the motivation that Ange has. He wouldn't shuck that challenge in any way, shape, or form, would he? 
Ange's come up against Pep before. Mm. A um, Man City versus Yokohama friendly. Mm. And according to Liam from our pod who's over there, Yokohama were playing at a faster pace and were looked a lot fitter than the Man City team. So Ange would not shirk that responsibility. He wouldn't be scared while he'd be like, all right, boys, there's the ball. Let's go have at it. Let's see who wins. Like, he wouldn't back away from it at all. And I love that about him. That's exciting. It really is, Tony. I'm like yourself. I want to see us against the big boys next season at Celtic Park and just going for it. That's the dream. That's what he wants. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, can you if Celtic get a result against a team like that? How he'd feel playing that style? Celtic Park would go off his head. Mm. This year, the nights that they crave. And, you know, and, and that's the thing when we talk about the Dane Murray situation. <laughs> it was like that ad nauseam Celtic going into European football qualifiers totally and utterly ill prepared yeah. for years and years and years. And this manager will not have that. You know, he, he walked in last season. European football was the furthest thing on his mind at that point. And then he gave that, you remember the BBC interview when they mm. were using words like catastrophe and, you know, and I warned to him then because I was just like, all right, he's got something about him. This you know, is not the end, absolutely. Yeah. It's the beginning. And he knew himself. He kept saying, look, we'll get better, but I need players. And I can't get players to January. We just hang on in there in the title race type thing. And, you know, so he, he, he knew himself, but that's the one and only time under his watch where Celtic will be all prepared get into European football. I agree with that. There's a and few he, players... And he couldn't, he couldn't do anything about it because he just arrived in the door. Exactly. And th- there are a few players, going back to your point earlier, Tony, about an imposing uh, physical player in, in the midfield area. There's a few guys I want to talk about in respect to where they fit in Angie's plans next season, do you feel? And the players I'm going to throw out there are... James Forrest, who's just signed a new contract. David Turnbull, who just came back from injury. Um, and when he came, came back from injury, there's a player in Rio Atati and another in Matt O'Reilly who have established themselves on Angie's team. You've got Idiguchi, we've not seen a great deal of. And, of course, James McCarthy. So they're the four players who I want to talk a wee bit more about, Jared. Um, I think out of the four of them, Turnbull's a player Ange likes. I think he's played them a lot when fit. The other three, Idiguchi, brought them to the club, of course. Forrest and McCarthy, where do these four guys fit for you next season under Ange? Oh, it was it's kind of funny because on our pod a few weeks, I think with two or three games to go, I said that I just had a gut feel that either Rogic or Turnbull wouldn't be at the club next season. And that, that turned out the way with Rogic moving on. But I don't know, I just thought with um, Atate and then with O'Reilly, those sort of guys, they're... They're more Angus suited where they're more they'll press and they'll go. Where Turnbull, he tends to slow the game down a bit too much with more instead of one touch football. So if he if he speeds that up over an off season and gets used to it and quickens up the way he plays, then I'm happy for him. But I can see him being on the bench with O'Reilly starting. That's interesting, uh, Tony, because I don't disagree with with Jared. And I, I think that um near the end of the season there were playing hearts it was and, and Big Ewan also uh, suggested that a player like Turnbull might end up being out of the plans. What's your thoughts on it? Because I mean he's a he's a young player of the year when Ange comes in. Ange plays him a hell of a lot until his injury, but you you get two players coming in 
O'Reilly particularly, who seem to really fit Angie's style. What what is the plans for Turnbull next season? Do you think he, he likes the bull, doesn't he? He made a well, he gave him a nickname, didn't he? And also mentioned him a lot in his interviews. I think he'll he'll go on the rotation mm. with uh, Turnbull and O'Reilly the way he did with O'Reilly and Rogic. I think he'll do it with him and Turnbull because he, yeah. he genuinely likes Turnbull. And Turnbull at the end of the season when he came in started to show a wee bit more. Yeah, he did. Aye. Started to quicken up, started to always look for that killer pass, you know, and uh, he's got a decent dig as well. So there are all various traits that Ange likes in him, you know, and he's always very critical of his own game, Turnbull. I think Ange quite likes that as well, that mm. he's always striving for perfection and, you know, striving to carry out the, the manager's plan. So, I don't know. They just get managers that take a shine to players, and I think Andrew's taking a shine to Turnbull, which is why he brought him back uh, and and gave him a lot of game time at the end. And then I'm hoping, as Jared said earlier as well, about players getting a full pre-season into them and working on their sharpness and their fitness. That Turnbull will be another one who'll come back and he'll be refreshed and ready to go. And again, adding to your squad list with that two players for every position, you know. If Turnbull and O'Reilly are at the top of their game, you know, you've got a, a dynamic midfield there. Yeah. These guys can play one-touch, two-touch football slick and can move it. And I get what you say about Turnbull slowing it down at times. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, well, there you go. No, but I, I think maybe that might be in Andy's head about rotating those two the way he did with Rodrigue and O'Reilly. Could be wrong, but just, you know, you... You try and pick up on things, and you try and give a give an opinion on certain things, and you know from from what you're seeing. So I, I'm, that's that's my take as well. I'll tell you one thing: Turnbull's got in his favour, though. He's a homegrown yeah. player for Europe. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, that's a good point. Eddie Gucci, then, just to to finish off, because everybody has an opinion on James Forrest. We've seen quite a few opinions on this particular show. James McCarthy's Celtic career has been a bit stop-start as well. I think the pivotal moment was getting injured against Dundee United that day. Tony, with, with, you know, Fuchs um, went yeah. through him and it was a bad it was a bad tackle. Didn't come out for the second half. Didn't really establish himself after that. Iriguchi, um, you know, it was tough to say, but he looked, he looked sharp, certainly, in the, in the final game of the season. Um, do you think they'll play a part next year? I'm, I'm pretty confident Iriguchi will. I'm not so sure... What the future lies for James McCarthy, Jared? What's your thoughts? Uh, Gucci will get a game. Um, I don't. I think he's probably going to be more the domestic player than in Europe. But like, he'll get the game. He'll get games. I've no doubt about it. Like Andrew openly said that he was one that he signed with more with an eye to this season than last. So he'll be fine. Uh, James McCarthy. Don't know to be honest with you. I think. If if he can stay fit, he could do a job for us at, at the six, and then we wouldn't potentially have to sign someone there. But uh, if he can stay fit, it's a big question. It is, it is massive. Eh? It's it's like that um, caveat that you use on his day. He's a good player, but those days don't come too often. Tony, do you think there's a... I mean, I'm a fan. You know I'm a fan. I think you are as well, James McCarthy. But I would have expected more from his first season. I'm sure on my day I, I can be a decent podcaster, you know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree that. I think uh, I think the fans, Celtic fans, are intrigued to see what Ida Gucci will bring. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and uh, Gareth said there he would probably brought for this season. But they want to see more of Ibaguchi because I've not seen enough until I get clattered at Alawa. You know, and unfortunately for him, and probably watched on, not not envious, it's not the right word, but, you know, he's probably been busting a gut to try and hit the ground running the way, you know, his, his compatriots did and wants to show that he's a he's a player alongside Maida, Kyogo and Hitati. So, you know, there's a wee incentive there for him to say, you know what, well, I'm just as good, if not better. And I... I I've not seen enough of Idiguchi to make any kind of judgment on him. And I think all the Celtic supporters want to see more of him, to see what he brings to the table. As for McCarthy, yeah, possibly playing in that sixth in domestic games, if he can prove some sort of fitness. Hmm. It's been, as you say, stop-start, thumbed up sporadically, but it's not been enough. And the Celtic supporters, the, the jury's still well out with McCarthy, especially the with the length of contract that he was given, so but you'll you'll need to produce something pretty special next season. But that's not to say that he can't, because he is on his day a class footballer. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. And you are a class podcaster on your day, Tony. Thankfully, <laughs> that day comes on a Friday. Um, every Friday, Tony Haggerty is on a Celtic state of mind. Uh, my Appearances have been a wee bit more sporadic. We've been bouncing about Glasgow, Manchester and various other places this week. But we do go out every single day regardless and we will do that throughout the pre-season. We are your Celtic football companion at 12.30 for an hour. It's always an absolute pleasure to speak to Jared as well. And Jared does join us around once a month. It's always great to get his take on things. Thanks everybody for joining us on the various platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, get subscribed and you might end up like our winner, Abby. Um, McDermott who's going away to watch Paolo Nutini who has been away for a while and he comes back with some low key dates to get uh, warmed up for his European tour and some festival dates he's playing at Oban tonight so well done to Abby get subscribed and you could be the next winner thanks everybody for joining us and thank you Tony and Jared for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer 
offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.